criticism or fault finding is a habit of mind that really needs to be readjusted in us, right? That, that we want to find ways to think inside ourselves because if we are walking around, you know, fault finding so much of life, we won't be happy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. much less the relationships around us. We will not be happy. And so the strength-based motivation is not only good for our relationships, it's good for ourselves. Mm. It's a great way to motivate ourselves, actually. Families with Dash offers a balanced parenting approach from generations of tried and true methods combined with research and insights from today. I'm Amelia Murdoch, founder of Dash Into Learning, the popular education company and homeschool mom of four. And I'm Joan Landis, licensed clinical mental health counselor, mom of seven adult children, and grandmother of 16 and counting. And I happen to be Amelia's mom. So what are we going to talk about? We want you to get the benefit of our decades of clinical experience and real life in the family trenches. We offer unique and actionable insights about family life, marriage, and homeschooling. Join us on Families with Dash and become confident and happy parents. Hey, we're back. Hello. Families with Dash is here, and we are excited to talk about another great topic. I'm Joan Landis. I'm a clinical mental health counselor, mom of seven, and grandmother of 16, and this is my amazing daughter, Hello, I'm Amelia. I'm homeschool mom to my four daughters, and I have my own company, and we love talking about parenting and homeschooling and all that fun stuff. And now you have a small farm to run. Yes. <laughs> a big farm, actually. <laughs> we spent a lot of time outside recently, and we, yeah, we moved to the farm, and I honestly don't think my kids have watched TV since we moved there. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> just the weather's been so great, so we've been outside so much. Yes. Well, you're going to tell them about your experience with your horses? <laughs> My ponies. <laughs> yeah, so I got these ponies, and they were like, oh, they're all trained, but they haven't been ridden in like 10 years. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it should be pretty easy to get them back. And these are not just run-of-the-mill little Shetland ponies. Yeah, these are sport ponies. These are amazingly bred German riding ponies. Yeah, they're from Germany. <laughs> And so they were doing great, and I hopped on, and it didn't go that well. I mean, it was okay, but it felt like she'd never have anyone ridden her. (laughs) And I texted my sister, who's a horse person, she's like, you are crazy. That's what I was going to say. You need to hire someone to get on the ponies (laughs) that knows what they're doing so you don't get fucked off and killed. That's what I was going to say. So I need to figure that out. But it's been a fun experience. You know, I'll tell you, if you are a mom, a homeschool mom, and and an entrepreneur running your own company and and staying married to a great husband and running your own little farm, what's jumping on an unbroke pony? That's nothing. I know, right? No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I was just out in the middle of the field. I got on and I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, that's awesome. (sighs) Okay. Well, today we are talking about strength-based motivation. This is a really cool topic because I think it's something that a lot of people haven't heard. Right. And it's really effective for all kinds of relationships, including parenting. Yes. Yes. Very, very important. So... So I just want to kind of think first what happens when we do the old-fashioned, the old-school fault-finding motivation or criticism motivation, Criticism, right? So we see something that we don't like, 
And what did we do? We pointed out. Yeah. And we're like, hey, that's not very good at all. You got to fix that. That's a drag, you know. And okay. And then so who, when the recipient of that criticism or that fault finding feels. Defensive. Yeah. And bad. Yeah. They tend to feel ashamed. They tend to feel defensive. They tend to feel less. You I know. mean, how often do you go, oh, that's a really good point. I am going to change <laughs> because my husband yes. was telling me I did something horrible. <laughs> like you usually don't no. think that way. No. The first impulse is to defend yourself, right? And then that gets us into all kinds of trouble in trying to have a conversation, right? Yeah. And, and when couples come to me so often, that's what they say. It's like we have the same argument over and over and over. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Because you're using the same strategies over and over. So you've got to disrupt that strategy. You've got to do something different in order to get that different result, right? But more than that, more than just going for the result, uh, I think it's so important to understand um, how the relationship itself suffers under a withering blow of criticism or fault finding, especially if it's fairly constant. Criticism and fault finding can be a habit of mind. And in this culture, we tend to do that. We're always looking at, oh, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? And in fact, a lot of times when people um, have grown up that way, that is their first impulse in any situation is something's wrong here. Yeah. And then and then everyone's trying to pull themselves out of this this hole of, oh, yeah, something's wrong. Okay, how do we fix it? And so number one is understanding that criticism or fault finding is a habit of mind that really needs to be readjusted in us, right? That, that we want to find ways to think inside ourselves because if we are walking around, you know, fault finding so much of life, we won't be happy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. much less the relationships around us. We will not be happy. And so the strength-based motivation is not only good for our relationships, it's good for ourselves. Mm. It's a great way to motivate ourselves, actually. It's good. A lot of times people feel like, wow, if I don't beat myself up, if I don't denigrate myself, if I don't criticize myself, if I'm not hard on myself, I will never do anything. And the opposite is true, mm. okay? That your brain actually can feel some of the same way as your children do when you fault find and criticize yourself. And so what you really want to do is motivate yourself instead through what we call strength-based motivation. Okay, so what does that look like? What does it look like? What is strength-based motivation? Right. So strength-based motivation is where you uh, look for what the person is already doing well. Mm -hmm. You acknowledge it, and then you invite them to carry over that success into another area of their life Mm. okay so for instance you know if you are well the classic example is when a child underperforms on a task right right so I've already talked in a previous podcast about the funny scenario of you know if your your teenage boy is sitting in a dirty room okay Mm. we've done that so here's another one so you know your 10 year old girl is supposed to clean the kitchen and you come in and you're like in your mind you're like oh my gosh the, the floor needs to be swept, the dishes were loaded crazy, the counters are still crumbs on it, and it's very easy to walk in and say to your daughter, hey, this kitchen is still a mess. The counters are a mess, dishes are loaded so that nothing's going to get clean, and the floor is still, you know, uh, needs to be swept. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that's it's our impulse, isn't it? Our culture has taught us to do that. Mm-hmm. How's your daughter going to feel? Yeah, not, not excited. Right, like a failure. Mm-hmm. And as they get older, they will start feeling hopeless. Right. You know, nothing I can do is ever good enough for mom. Right. Very easy for spouses to feel that way too. 
Yeah. It's really devastating for the relationship because people want to, if they love you, if they're attached to you, they want to not disappoint you. Right. They want to know that you feel like they are enough. Mm-hmm. And so the, you know, if we go to the other end of the spectrum, which is kind of a very laissez-faire type of parenting or spouse, you know, relationship where you say, hey, anything whatever, goes, yeah. anything goes, yeah. I'm not going to criticize anything. Well, then we have a problem. Mm-hmm. And this is what I see in a lot of parents. You know, parents try to be like really understanding, really validating, really patient with their children all through everything. And then it becomes overwhelming and they blow up at their children. And, you know, and they say, I'm a bad parent and I've just hurt my children. Well, yeah, you know, nobody can go through life trying to ignore things that are, mm-hmm. you know, that, that need changing. Right. right. That's not realistic. Right. Okay. So this more balanced parenting approach says, All right. So sure, there's some things that need to change, but how do we approach this in a way that will not rupture the relationship? Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So instead of pointing out the flaws in that kitchen job, you come in and you look around and so you're seeing everything. It's not like you're ignoring everything. You're Mm -hmm. seeing everything and, and your child sees you see everything. But then you find something like the thing that I tend to go to is the ceiling. You know, if I'm looking at a room that needs some help, I'll go, you know, Jessica, Look at this kitchen. Look look at this ceiling. This ceiling is amazing. How clean this ceiling is. I'm just looking at this ceiling and it doesn't have any crumbs on it and there's no smears on it and it doesn't need to be washed off. And you know, Jessica, this ceiling is really amazing. What what's happening in this kitchen? And she kind of looks at you like, "What?" And you're like, "Yeah." And, and you say, "You know, how can we make the rest of the kitchen look as beautiful as that ceiling?" Because you're a wonderful kid and I want this kitchen to look as great as you are, you as you are, right? And she's kind of like going, "Mom, what's going on?" And you're like, "Listen, the ceiling is really clean, and I really have faith in you that you and I can work together and get this kitchen to be just as lovely as that ceiling." And then what you do is you volunteer to help her or be her slave, even. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that I always say. Okay, I'll be your slave. You be the boss, and you know, or I'll be the you know, I'll be the servant. You be the boss, and uh, you tell me what needs to happen in this kitchen to get really clean. And if I have some more suggestions, I'll you know, I'll let you know. And so then you work together, and as you work together, you talk and you say, okay, see, like this counter. Okay, so I'm wiping off the crumbs off the counter, and I'm not throwing them on the ground. Am I? Okay, and then over there, you want to do that one just like this? Yes. That type of approach is very relational. It builds the trust. It builds Mm -hmm. the relationship. You're still instructing her about how things need to be a little better. That's a little bit, that's somewhat of a humorous thing, okay? But another way that you can do this is where you point out something that they're already doing well. So, for instance, if your child or your spouse is chronically late, right, Instead of saying, oh my gosh, you're always late. You're always making us late for everything. This just aggravates me so much, right? Instead of doing that, you think in your mind, you know what? There's got to be something that my spouse or my child is never late for, Mm. seldom late, that they're almost always on time. What is it? Hmm. Let's see. Is it snack time? Is it coming home from, is it, is it ready to leave from school? Is it, there's something that they are on time for. And you think really carefully. Is it some program on TV that they always make sure they're there for? Is it, what is it? You find something that they are already not late for. And then when you talk to them, you say, you know, uh, James, um, I noticed that you are always on time for dinner. 
or dessert or whatever it is. I notice you're always on time for that. And that's really good. That shows me that you have a good sense of time. Now, I notice that sometimes getting to school is a little bit trickier. Sometimes that, you know, there's there's some delays there and it's easy for people to get late. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I would like you to take whatever you're doing to be on time for dinner and see if you can have that kind of flow over into being on time for school. What could I do that would support you in that? And so you haven't said you're always late, you know, you're, you're damaging the family and all that. You're saying there's times when you are on time. I can see it and I'm acknowledging it. And can we just take that and apply that to a little different situation, right? So the really cool thing about that, and, it, and it's with any kind of habit or any kind of behavior, if you can find places where your child or your spouse is already being successful in the smallest way, acknowledge it and then say, you've got a skill set here. It's working over here, right? And what do we have to do to make it happen over here? So right. the really cool thing about that is normally if you criticize somebody and say, um, hey, you know what? You're always late. Can you start being on time for school? The, one of the first reactions is, no, it's hard to get up. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it, yeah. right? If I could do it, I would do it by now, yeah. right? And they get defensive and they're like, no, I can't do it. The cool thing about strength-based motivation mm-hmm. is that they've already done it. Yeah, and you can show them. And you can tell them that. You know, like, mm-hmm. mom, I don't know if I can do that. And you're like, hey, you already did it over here. Mm-hmm. I can see that you have the ability to do this over here. I have, mm-hmm. I have faith. Maybe we need to build in little support systems, right? But it's a completely different conversation than you're always late, fix yeah. it, or I'm Pleasure. upset at you, right? S- and it's super powerful, the spouses. Now, another thing too, along with this, is the idea of shaping behavior. And I don't know if I've talked about this before. It's a great psychological concept. Strength-based motivation goes hand in hand with shaping behavior. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Shaping behavior is when you reinforce behavior that is starting to approximate the goal. Hmm. So it's not perfect yet. Right. Okay, maybe with your 10-year-old girl, maybe the first time that you do strength-based motivation with her, you're just helping her to get those counters clean. Yeah. You're not trying to do the whole shooting match. Yep. Okay. Uh, the, the, the classic story about shaping behavior is the freshman psychology class that all gets together before this professor walks in on the first day of school. And they say, hey, guys, let's see if we could reinforce the professor and see if we can manipulate him by reinforcement to mm. stand on a chair in the corner <laughs> of the classroom <laughs> to give his lectures. And so th- what they did was they simply reinforced him by making eye contact, acting interested mm-hmm. when he was heading over <laughs> to that corner. And when he wasn't, when he was departing from that, what would they do? Look away. Look yeah, away. Yeah. Right, right, right. Act Disengage. Like, yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. And so the joke was that at the end, by the end of the semester, they had shaped his behavior to not only be over in that corner, but to stand on a chair to give his lectures. <laughs> and that's a classic shaping behavior story. But it's a very powerful concept, Mm. okay? Your children, your spouse, your neighbors, your in-laws, don't wait to reinforce the good stuff until they're perfect at it. Do not do that. That's a very very flawed concept. You want to reinforce anything that's approximating, that's even a little better. And so that's part of strength-based motivation is, okay, so maybe half the counter was still messy, but half was good. So you say, hey, that half of the counter is really nice. That really makes a difference for our family. Let's see if we can make the other half be as good, right? 
Um, or sometimes a teenager, they'll keep their car really clean because they're taking their friends around, but their bathroom and their bedroom are trashed. And yeah. so you say, you know, I notice that you keep your car really clean and it, it makes it so much nicer for your friends and everybody to be in it. And let's, what do we have to do to, you know, make to keep your room yeah. to kind of be like that? So I have a real life, ex- a real life example of this too, that I actually just, we've been working on with one of my daughters. So one of my daughters, one of her things is she'll have this like amazing attitude one day and be able to learn so much better in school when she has this good attitude, open, listening. But then all of a sudden another day, it'll just be totally flipped and she'll be like totally shut down. She can't. It's like she can't learn anything. Everything is so hard. She's complaining about everything. And it really is not good. You know, it really causes a slowdown in her education, basically, and in the difficulties in the family. So I was like, you know, before, you know, in a time when she was not in this bad mood, I sat down with her and I said, hey, did you notice today you had this amazing attitude? You got so much done and everyone, you know, you were so happy. And how did that feel? And she's like, yeah, it was really good. And she'll agree with me. And I'll say, but then, you know, I've noticed other days, it's not quite the same. What do you think about that? And she'll, we'll kind of have a conversation about it. And I'll say, how about we make a goal of having more days with this positive attitude? Right. And we talk about how we can do that and maybe why she was feeling bad and, you know, a support kind of mm-hmm. plan. And it's been super helpful. I'll even say like, hey, what's a cue that I can give you mm-hmm. when you're kind of going down that mm-hmm. path? And we have a cue where I'll do my little cue and she'll know, oh, I need to think about this conversation we had and think about this um, habit that I'm trying to work on. Right. And that's been really helpful. You know, I pointed out when she's doing it so well and how the reason that it's so good. Right. And then we talked about a plan for how to make it better. And it's worked out really, really well. Brilliant. Yeah, that's that's brilliant, brilliant work there. Now, um, in in therapy, we we also can call it solution focused therapy. And so when I'm working with couples, it's not the only uh, modality that I use, but it's a powerful one. And when I'm working with individuals or modalities uh, or or couples, you know, they'll come in. I'm like, okay, so tell me about your week. Mm -hmm. You know, what were the good parts? What were the tricky parts? And they start talking about their good parts. And I'll say, okay, okay, that is really interesting to me that that worked out well for you. How do you, why do you think that happened? And they'll go. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, well, this is why you're paying me something. Let's, let's take it apart. <laughs> what did you do differently? And what can you keep doing so that you have those good results? And again, that solution focused therapy, that strength based motivation, it's saying, did something well, <laughs> can you keep doing it? Yep, exactly. Right. Instead of saying, you know, what went wrong? Right. Right. It's kind of a habit of mind. It's really interesting. That's now, cool. I'm not saying that uh, you can never criticize anything for the rest of your life. That's not what I'm saying. But strength-based motivation needs to be a highly, highly important tool in your toolbox a strategy as a parent. that you right, frequently. Right. Yeah. In fact, I would say right now most of us do 90% fault-finding mm-hmm. and maybe 10% acknowledging the good stuff, you mm-hmm. know, as a way to motivate. Now, I'm not saying just saying, hey, good job. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of us, in fact, a lot of us do a lot of that. But as a way to strategically motivate changed behavior. Very few of us understand strength-based motivation. Mm. And so instead of 90-10, it would be really great if we flipped that and we had 10% fault finding, 10% where you're pointing, you say, yeah, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. 
And then 90% like saying, you did so well over here. What do we have to do to get this to, yeah. to flow over in this other part? That would be great. Yeah. So I'm not saying you can't ever criticize. There's a time to criticize. Um, now, again, we can do a podcast on how to wrap that criticism in a lot of love. Yeah. Um, because, it, you know, you want to be able to state the facts, how it's occurring for you and how you feel when you see things and do it in a way that, it, you know, doesn't crush the other person. Or at least you're wrapping up your concerns, you're packaging your concerns in ways that really increase the uh, the odds of somebody not rejecting yeah. that. And there's definitely strategies that we can do. We can talk about in the future. Another yeah. podcast. I know there's always more. We have like a hundred podcast I know. ideas. We have like a hundred, like 120 <laughs> topics. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, there's always so much more to do. Exciting. Well, I love this topic because it can be applied to any relationship and it's not that hard. No, it's really not that hard. No. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. You just have to think of things in a little different frame of yes. mind Yes, and be a little bit more strategic. Uh-huh. But I think we can all do it. Yeah, it, it's just it doesn't take a lot of money. Your eyes don't, you know, shoot blood and yeah. it, you're not going to break out into a sweat. In fact, yeah. in fact, you know what? It is so much more fun. Right. And criticizing. It is really fun. A lot of times when you're kind of a little bit tongue in cheek, you know, with your kids like, yeah, see that ceiling? That's amazing. They're kind of like, mom, they laugh a little bit, yeah. you know, yeah. instead of just that horrible, I've just been shamed. I've just been yeah. criticized. I'm a failure. I'm, I'm yeah. a failure. Right. So I used to have a friend that really set a good example for me once, not once, but I mean, she was the one that taught me this. And that is, you know, it's kind of common for us. I th- I don't know if we develop it in high school or junior high, but it's kind of common to kind of gossip be- behind people's backs, you know. Complain about people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, this and this and this, if they're this not in the room. bothers me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would listen. She wouldn't like shut people down and say, oh my gosh, you're gossiping. She wouldn't do that. But afterward, she would say, all right, now let's all come up with three nice things to say about that person. And you can apply it to situations too. For sure. People complain about too. For sure. Yeah. It, what it's it cool. does, it helps you shift your habit of mind. It's a, it's a nice little, oh yeah, I was going negative there. Yeah, that's cool. Right? And, and so as we actually came up with the three things that we appreciated, it changed our feeling about that person. And also it humbled us a little bit like, oh, yeah, we need to be a little more, more self-aware that I don't want to have that pattern I developed in junior high the rest of my life. Yuck. And what about when kids say they just don't do it? Like, I don't want to do that. Well, and, and so anyway, with children, yeah. what you can do, what is really, really interesting to do is when they're whining or, mm. you know, complaining or something that you actually approach them with a strength based invitation. And instead of saying, Susie, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah. Right. Complain. You go, you yeah. go to Susie and you say, Susie, hey, first, I want you to tell me something that's right about this. Mm, that's cool. And they're like, <gasps> oh, nothing. And you're like, mm-hmm, I'm hearing you. I, I want you to find something that's right about this situation first. Mm. Well, that's cool. I guess I, I don't know. I guess I, you know, then sh- she comes up with something. Yeah. And you're like, awesome. That's great. That's all I ask. All right, now let's talk about something that needs to be fixed. Right. Okay. That habit of mind, instead of walking into a conflict and saying, what's wrong? What's wrong? Let me hear all the negative. Right. It's like, guys, take a break. Take a little breath. (sighs) What's something that is good here? Yeah, that's cool. And you start that way. And then then you can go into processing. All right, what needs to be changed? You know, but it just changes the temperature in the room. It And it helps your child 
not to go to that knee-jerk reaction of criticizing and fault-finding on their own. So it's um, it's a really cool little tactic to that walk cool. in and say, okay, what's right, actually? What's yeah. right here? What's good? And it's it's very, very powerful. So I really like that one. Um, and then one of the things I really liked about, Amelia, about you, what you were saying is to process before the event mm. to teach an upward spiral instead of waiting and catching things as they they're going downward and you're trying to intervene so this intentional more balanced parenting approach really is strategic it's it's intentional it's like take some minutes and sit down with your child just like you did with mm. your daughter and say i'm noticing things i'm noticing some great things how do we make this flow over into these other areas and you process before the event the old-fashioned word for that was uh, teaching and training, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's habit training. Yep, yep, habit training. Yep, it's a very, very important thing for parents to do is intentionally teach before the disaster and not just catch things in the moment and try to rescue and and intervene at that time. And I think that it gives kids feeling of empowerment. Right, instead of just being stuck in the middle of the bad situation and not knowing what to do, mm-hmm. it's like they have a plan. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. We can figure it out. Mm-hmm. So right, you know, right, it gives them that empowered feeling. Yes, yes, and not only that, but they attach to you more. Yeah, good. it's they a feel connected. Like yeah. this person cares about this. Yeah, like, you know, kids probably feel bad. Sure, sometimes they, you know, whatever it is, but they can't get out of that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so this is, it's a great way to strengthen your attachment and your relationship. Another thing, and you were alluding to this and then we skipped away from it, was another thing you can do after a child complains about a situation or you have untangled something, Mm -hmm. you know, then afterwards as part of the debriefing, you say, now let's think of three good things about this situation. Oh, yeah. So say it's already gone downhill. You know, you've had to intervene. You've had to kind of process and untangle things. Then as the final thing is um let's think of three nice things yeah about that person or the or the situation and then if your child won't or can't do that Mm. then you as the parent you model that and you supply those things because maybe they can't they're they're still a little upset and like i can't think of anything about my brother i hate my brother you know like that kind of thing it's like, well, let's think about this. You know, your brother's this, your brother's that, and you and your brother really enjoying this, do these things together. Oh, yeah. so you model that type of strength-based motivation. And so these are different ways as you go through your day that you can incorporate the strength-based motivation not only in yourself, but model it for your children and invite them to engage in it, invite them to start this way of thinking and it will help them in their life to not just beat themselves up, send them down that dark hole, right. and then they're super depressed, super anxious, and now we have to go to the shrink. For sure. Yeah, no, that's great. I love those ideas. Yeah. Well, I think this has been great. Yeah. And I'm excited to use this more with my kids mm-hmm. and in my family mm-hmm. and with you. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but um, I hope everyone has gotten something great from our yeah. podcast today. Yeah. Hey, we can just, this will just be short and sweet. We got to it. We yeah. we uh, got some good things done. And uh, really, there's enough there to work on for. So much. I, I know. Like. I know. So much. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we hope that uh, this will help to um, transform your parenting to a more balanced approach. Yes. Where you can, you know, help your children and your spouse and your family set a new type of uh, culture where it's 
more positive parenting, more positive frame of mind. Uh, and but balanced with that. Yes. Still. Yes. Yeah. You know, Rea- doing things. It's, it's um, yeah. And, still getting and things done that need right, to be done. Right. I mean, it's reality. Yeah. Right. It's reality. And yet you can frame reality in positive terms. Yeah. And that's a great strategy. It's a great skill to develop, especially as a parent. That's great. So. All right. Okay. We'll see you guys later. Okay. See ya. Bye. Find more from us at dashintolearning.com for all things educational and learn more about Dash Into Happy, our family-friendly social-emotional learning program. Thanks for being part of Families with Dash. Disclaimer, the information and advice posted on the Dash Into Learning, Dash Into Happy, and Into Happy site and podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical, mental health, legal, or other professional assistance. Call your medical or mental health professional or 911 for all emergency. Joan Landis, Amelia Murdoch are not liable for any advice or information provided on the account Dash Into Happy, Dash Into Learning, Families with Dash, or Into Happy.